The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. guys welcome back to the tragedy of cinema podcast this is a very special episode this is the connor emery tribute show uh i'm joined today by some special guests in the studio of course i have one of the famous sidekicks from the twilight zone series 80z is back in the house 80s 80s is here 80z good to be here with everybody um should we just go around the table and introduce everybody yeah, we're going around. yeah. all right to my left is no, she no, doesn't that is, This would be Jenna. This is Connor's sister. And next to Jenna is... Becky. And that Connor's was Connor's mom. mom. And then we have... The infamous Steve Emery. <laughs> Steve Emery. Now, for those of you that are friends of the podcast, and better yet, those are that are schoolmates of three of us at this table, we go way back. It's probably been 25 years since I've seen Steve. Uh, 80Z, I see him a little bit more. Um, so it was good to catch up, have dinner to, with each other tonight. Um, so um, the reason we're doing this is, um, sadly, uh, Connor uh, succumbed to SUDEP, which Steve's going to give us uh, some more information here in a little bit. Um, is it, It's not even been a year yet, has it? No. It'll be a year in June. June. And it's a very special day because today, not knowing to me or Eric, it would have been Connor's 21st birthday. Yep. Correct. And that is really cool. 
Um, so um, I'm not going to say a lot about it. I'm going to let Steve talk about that, but I'm going to kick it over to Eric real quick so he can give some update notes. And he's got a couple of questions for Steve, and Steve's sure. going to share some information with us. Sure. Thanks, uh, guys, first of all, for being here. We we really appreciate you guys coming in and doing this. Um, so we just want to welcome you in. And, uh, again, as Jimbo already mentioned, we he kind of described our relationship going back more specifically with Steve. We all went to school together. Uh, many years ago, and uh, as Jimbo alluded to a little bit, the story of the circumstances that kind of uh, brings us all together, uh, that reason being that The Lion King was one of Connor's most favorite movie, and uh, it's sort of like uh, his his logo or his theme, right? It, it, it kind of is kind of the centerpiece of behind everything that they're doing now. Um, so uh, we just wanted to, you know, offer this opportunity through, you know, the podcast and offer our most sincere condolences to, uh, for his, um, untimely passing. And, uh, we just think it's great that he has such a great connection to this movie. And, and that's what we do here. We, we, uh, we talk about movies and we, uh, review them. Jibbo. Um, if there's one thing that I'd like to say is. You know, me and Steve haven't seen each other in 25 years, but we've been Facebook friends for a while. And there's two things that I do know about Connor, even though I never met him. Number one, he loved The Lion King. And number two, he loved his wrestling. Um, <laughs> if, if you've ever followed yeah. Steve on Facebook, you either see one or the other where they're always meeting wrestlers or they're talking about The Lion King. Right. And Connor did write fan fiction for The Lion King, which there's some stuff in the works that I can't talk about right now. But it may be uh, possible to hear some of his writings in the future. So, okay. Eric. So, yeah, just again, just wanted to offer uh, up our gratitude. <clears throat> and uh, hopefully this will be an encouragement and a, just a great reminder that you guys can have this recording and kind of go back and revisit it. And, uh, you know, all of those great feelings and times that, that uh, he had um, w and you guys had as a family with the movie. Um, so just by way of a few few questions, just so you guys can get your... Uh, kind of your information out there. Could you talk a little bit? Well, let me let me back up a little bit. Can you talk first of all why you think why do you think Connor loved this movie so much? Was it something that he just kind of was drawn to as a child, and then it just kind of grew from there? And he, I, as Jimbo talked about, like I know he did a lot of drawings, and he was kind of an, he was a pretty artistic kid. And uh, so, what do you think was the reason behind why he loved it so much? Well, as a younger kid, being special needs and everything uh, with his autism, he did a lot of uh, watching of Disney shows. Sure. And he was always attracted to the lions and uh, tigers and, like, safari animals. Uh -huh. And he liked the story between Lion King because the love aspect of it, how the he met Timon and Pumbaa, who were outcasts, but yet at the very end were all attracted and being a family, and everybody right. was different in the family. Um, we went through Disney numerous times. He met all the characters. Any any Disney movie that had Timon and Pumbaa, we had it on DVD. We've watched it. <laughs> right. Soundtracks, and that was his all-time passion. You know, like we alluded to, the fan fiction stuff that he had written. He would write stories upon stories. And when I got access to him after he had passed, we didn't realize that he wrote as much as he did. Oh. We have hundreds and hundreds of pages of stories mm -hmm. that either sidebarred off of what already was talked about 
in The Lion King, or he created new storylines that put him as a character in Lion King. I was going to say, you sent them all to me, and that was the first one I read, is where he he went to bed and he woke up in the Lion King universe, and he's talking to... to uh, uh, is it Nala? Nala? Yeah. And then, you know, and then the... Uh, What's the dad's name? Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mufasa. He sends him off on that quest or whatever. And I was like, I don't know how old he was when he wrote that stuff, but that's something I couldn't even write today. You know what I mean? So very well done. Yeah, so he, he loved the animals. Even the border in his room was lions going around the room. We painted the ceiling black with uh, stars, stars at night. So kind of like in the show, uh, when he's looking up in the sky at night and seeing the stars, he would have that knew the words to the song. Did he have a favorite song? Um, he had a couple different ones. Um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight was definitely uh, one of them. Circle. And Circle of Life. But there's one that isn't on any of the movies. Mm-hmm. It's on the actual um, show that they... The Broadway? They, well, no, the one that they put on down at uh, Disney World. They mm. have uh, Festival, of Festival of the Lion King. They have a special show they put on in Animal Kingdom. And they have their own soundtrack for that. Some of it's got the original songs, and some of they've added to it. There's a, they have a part called uh, the Tumbling Monkeys, and it's uh, a bunch of gymnastic tumblers that come through dressed up as monkeys. But the music that's in there always made them giggle, and the stuff <laughs> that the the monkeys always did. So we had to put that also on the rotation of of music for that particular uh, CD. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, I'm I'm glad that we could. You know, get to know him a little bit more through, you know, all of you shared with us about what he loved about the movie and his writings and, you know, your visits to Disney World. That that helps uh, that helps us understand uh, him a little bit more. I, I as well, had never met him personally, I'm only through Steve, you know, conversations that we've had. But, um, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so we go transition to uh, can we talk about a little bit about what your uh, organization is and uh, your foundation that you set up. Can you talk a little bit about um, in uh, in his uh, home going after he passed away? Uh, talk about what you guys are doing now to kind of bring awareness and your foundation yeah, things sure. you set up. Yeah, no problem. Um, so Connor, besides his autism, also had epilepsy. He'd been diagnosed when he was probably, uh, I would say eight, nine, somewhere around that time frame. But he had recently been, hadn't had a seizure for any year or so, never had any issues. That particular night that it happened, laid down to take a nap and then just never, never woke up. Yeah. Um, against, you know, our abilities of trying to do what we could. Uh, after finding out with autopsy reports and research that some of my family members had done, we had heard the term SUDEP, which mm-hmm. is Sudden Unexplained Death Through Epilepsy, which is basically people that have epilepsy could have a certain seizure uh, during a tonic-clonic seizure, which are ones that typically happen at night, um, that if not caught and stopped, it can shut down the, the heart or the lungs. Um, it's not a very known thing because a lot of neurologists don't talk about it because, A, they don't want to scare somebody. Right, and that was one of the things that we were discussing earlier when we were having dinners, that you you had no indication from, no physician had ever uh, even brought that up. So I, I found that pretty interesting and 
Yeah, it wild. was it was one of those things that the term had never been heard. So when a family member of mine reached out and brought it up to us the day after, we started researching, and it's like, oh well, that would have been good, you know, information to have. Absolutely. Not that it could have been stopped, but you could prepare and react differently mm-hmm. versus a shock and awe treatment. You can say, okay, have extra things put in place if it does happen and things like that. I was blessed to have a an employee of mine who um, went out the couple days later and actually started a foundation in Connor's name, uh, the Connor Emery Epilepsy Foundation, and to which he paid the fees to start it up and gave us full rights to it. So what we're doing to this day is any of the money that we make from it, we are buying pamphlets and other things to hand out information okay. to whether it be in Spanish or English. And as we start getting more people in other languages that want to know about it, we can purchase those. But we want people to know SUDEP. We want the word SUDEP to be known. Right. There's uh, things online to where you look up SUDEP, there's programs that people put say SUDEP because it is a thing. And the more people that find out about it, the more they can ask their doctors and you know know the information and hopefully save somebody's life in the future. So we're taking a bad situation and helping others. Right, right. Now, you have been doing a lot of research, and there was something I thought I seen run across either the Connor Emery, uh, Connor Emery uh, Facebook page or maybe on your personal page, but it was some, I believe it was in Florida that you went to a class or something, and they had like a... Uh, a, a Fitbit or a watch or something? So through one of our webinars that we've sat through, um, they've been testing and getting ready to roll out. Uh, it looks like a Fitbit at night that they turn on when they go to sleep. And it's tied into somebody else's cell phone or their particular cell phone. But if their O2 drops below a certain percentage or their heart rate drops or stops, it, it sends an immediate information to said person's uh notification that way Mm. they can come in and help them or long sound you know maybe get them to start breathing again but it's some of the new things that they're starting to test out and roll out well Mm. that that would be something really to look forward to that'd be really uh a good thing helpful Mm. for sure um i've i've got down here uh, just a a discussion about social media platforms and i think jimbo you wanted to save that for the end well he can say no any social media platforms and uh, or ie donation locations uh you know facebook twitter i don't i don't know what all you're on yeah we're on uh we've got a, a website the connor emery epilepsy foundation.org um you can go on there find out information or if you have questions on your own there's our phone numbers or addresses and email contacts for us uh we can answer questions there's merchandise that you can purchase that the money would just go back into the foundation to buy more supplies we also have facebook we also have uh, Instagram and Twitter. Okay. No and TikTok? No, no. <laughs> I, 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 I think if I can get my my niece to start doing that, because sitting at lunch today for Connor's birthday, I happened to go on TikTok, and the first one was my niece. And I'm uh, like, okay, yeah. get her to start doing it. <laughs> um, and I am going to allow Steve. Steve's going to pin his, uh, the Connor Emery uh, found Epilepsy Foundation on onto our Facebook group in the Tragedy of Cinema. So it'll be up there if anybody from our group wants to donate to uh, Connor, uh, his foundation. Uh, go, it'll be up there. It's going to be up there forever because we want to be a supporter of the foundation as well as well as friends. So it'll always be on our Facebook page um, forever. Absolutely. So, 
And just in closing, just want to uh, shout out to the Beach Grove Pizza Company. Well, we, uh, I don't know if we want to shout oh, them out much. Yeah. Because <laughs> let me tell you something, yeah. brother. Yeah. We, we, we went there to have a good time, right? We did. And we, we did a have time. a good time. Yeah. But Mama Bear. She was going to have to. She's, I had to hold her back, man. There's about to be a steel cage match going yeah. on. In it. Yeah. So uh, long story short, um, Connor and his dad would always make these pizzas mm-hmm. um, and, and they would make different types of pizzas what's the one the bad Santa pizza you were telling me about yeah. um, <laughs> it was kind of like a, a, I guess a Mexican uh, jalapeno popper pizza um, but Connor actually had his own pizza uh, named after him at this place and mm-hmm. it was a sloppy Joe pizza yeah, good um, that's good it, yep but um, through some uh, ownership guess, changes thank right? you that's, that's, yeah. through some through some uh, yeah ownership changes will be nice um, they were informed today, of all days, the day that we're sitting there, before I even got there, I guess, uh, that they're no longer going to be doing that. Um, so they are going to be doing a taco pizza, right? Is that still going to be supported by the Connor Foundation? Yeah, they're, they're still going to be supporting us, but apparently due to cost and sales with the new ownership, you know, the Sloppy Joe probably wasn't going to do very well, which is a shock, but... Well, a lot of people, I didn't even know about that place, honestly. It's, 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 it's in Beach Grove, Indiana. It's just a little uh, hole in the wall. So my thing is, I think one day we all just need to go up there and all order a Sloppy Joe pizza and save the pizza. <laughs> there you go. So, um, I yeah. just told him about that, too. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, I still appreciate the Beach Grove Pizza Company that they're still going to be yeah, supporting. So right. we, we, we don't be too mean to them. So right. do go in there and order the taco pizza now instead of the uh, Sloppy Joe. They will still have Sloppy Joe pizzas if Stephen mm-hmm. comes in there and wants one. So if you want a, a Sloppy Joe pizza and taste it, make sure you go with Stephen because there's only a certain amount of cans left. <laughs> so um, make sure you guys go and, uh, and enjoy the Sloppy Joe with them. Right. Uh, and good fellowship. Very good people. Yeah. All right, Eric. Are we ready to transition into the movie into itself? This movie. Right. All the questions now, are now we're gonna have um, Connor's mom. I gotta say this right, Becky, <laughs> not Becca. Okay, Becky, not Becca. Um, she's gonna be doing um, some some parts in here once uh, you get through your thing. So just cast it over to her sure. when you're ready. Absolutely. All right. Um, I don't want to. I have the trivia question now. Originally, let me give a little background on this. this. We were supposed to record this back in January, but due to uh, some COVID situations, it was actually supposed to be recorded on January the eighth. So my trivia question is related to that date. So you'll have to bear with me. Okay. I didn't. Uh, all right. I didn't, well, do you want I us all to answer one. it? Or sure. Is it for or me? whoever. Or is it for Steve? All right. So here's a, here's our uh, relevant trivia question. All right. So this king was born on this day, meaning January 8th, 1935, in Tupelo, Mississippi. Elvis Presley. That is correct. Elvis Aaron Presley. Oh, you didn't even give us a chance. <laughs> when you're the king, baby. He jumped, <laughs> he jumped right on that one. Was that the trivia question? That was from, from January January the 8th. I couldn't think of another one. So I got one. Okay, go ahead. This king was born on today. What's today's date? April 9th. 9th. Anybody would like to answer? I don't know. Connor. Connor. Oh, well, you didn't say what year. Joseph Emery. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So, 2001, sir. 2001. Right. 2001. 21. So, 21 today. Yeah. Yep, yeah, 21. All right. Let's jump right into our movie, um, The Lion King. This was released on June 10th, 1994, uh, the New York release. It was released on June 15th, 1994, in Los Angeles, California. 
Uh, I think the official release date, I've got another date of June 24th, 1994. The official runtime was 88 minutes, and it was in the United States. Uh, the budget was $45 million for this budget. That's uh, for 1994. If we adjust that for 2022 inflation, we're looking at uh, $84 million. Uh, well, a little over $84 million, $84 million And then uh, the box gross box office earnings um, for the Lion King was $968 million. And if we adjust that for inflation, we're looking at $1 billion, that's a billion with a B, $815 million uh, for the gross uh, box office returns. Uh, so I think that movie did quite well. I think it sufficed. Yeah, a billion, I mean, I'm million almost, dollars, I mean, it's not bad. It's almost the cost of a gallon of gas these days. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right, so uh, just our technical specs. Our runtime is an hour and 28 minutes or 88 minutes. Um, there's a work print that is 73 minutes long or an hour and 13 minutes. Our sound mix is Dolby, uh, Dolby Stereo uh, Spectacle Recording. And this has got several sound mix because obviously it's been re-released several times. I won't go th- and bore you with all of that, but uh, it is a colored movie. And the aspect ratio, I got a note here for iTunes, it's 1.66, and then it came out in Blu-ray, and Ultra HD Blu-ray in 1.78 aspect ratio, and then 1.85 uh, was the ratio that it was originally uh, printed on. The laboratory was Technicolor in Hollywood. That's kind of interesting that they didn't uh, they didn't use a lab down in Florida to edit it. But anyway, the cinematographic process is spherical, and then here's another. Uh, uh, printed film format, so we've got 35 millimeter, which I'm assuming would be the original Eastman 5384. Again, just technical jargon. And then we have an IMAX version, which is in 70 millimeter. And then there was a 2002 re-release, uh, a Kodak version. And then there's a D Cinema. I have no idea. You know what D Cinema is? A 3D version, I guess. After C which cinema? was yeah for a 2011 release in 3D. Do you do know why um, they probably filmed it in Hollywood, right? I don't know. Because Disney Studios is in Hollywood. I know, but there's one in Buena Vista too, right? I don't know if there's a studio. There's a there's a Disney sure land. Pretty sure there is. Well, you might do a deep dive on that you next time, Eric. I, I, I don't have that in front of me. <laughs> Um, not today, so Eric. Not today. This is a special episode, right? That's that's kind of the uh, rundown of the technical specs, the more technical stuff. So I'm going to pass it off to Becky, and she is going to give you uh, the cast. So take it away, Becky. Alrighty, thank you. Well, we've got Connor had several favorite. Oh um, yeah, yeah, characters. So I'll do those first and foremost. Um, Timon, who was voiced by Nathan Lane. Um, For those of you that may have not seen the movie or don't recall Nathan, he was also in The Producers. Um, He, the, one of Connor's other favorites was Pumbaa. Where's Pumbaa? Pumbaa! Is he down a little bit further? Ernie Sabella. Is Ernie Sabella, sorry. He was in Mouse Hunt. Um, for those of you that don't know, Stephen just uh, 
marked Pumbaa out on me. So that was the reason on me missing that. I apologize. That's very Steve's much fault. So. Take the blame, Steve. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> Typically do. Sleep on the couch. All right. Um, young Simba. Simba in the movie were, was voiced by two different people. Um, the young Simba was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who's from, um, you may have seen him in Home Improvement. Um, Frank, he, the um, James Earl Jones um, was Mufasa. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie yet, Mufasa was actually Simba's father who passed away at the beginning of the movie. Um, James Earl Jones is also the voice of the dreaded Darth Vader. Dreaded? He's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Simba was also voiced later on in, in the years of growing up by Matthew Broderick, um, who was in the producers, but also one of Steve's favorite movies, the, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, then we've got, uh, Zazu, which was Rowan Atkins, who also was, uh, in Johnny English, or Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. That's Mr. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nikita Harris was young Nala, the voice of young Nala. She was in Perry Mason, the 2020 version of Perry Mason. Um, Jim Cummins uh, voiced Ed and um, Scar. And he also was um, in Winnie the Pooh in 2011. Uh, Shinsky, who was one of the um, hyenas um, in the movie, uh, was voiced by no other than Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> she was also in one of her numerous movies is Ghost, um, the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Um, yes, I had to tag him in that. Mm -hmm. hey, um, it's a good movie. Yes. He's a good guy. Um, Robert Galoom, is that right? Sounds good to me. Gula I'm oh. sorry. Um, he voiced Rafiki um, in the movie. He was also um, on The Butler on Benson mm -hmm. and Sports yeah, Night um, in 1998. Jeremy Irons, Irons voiced Scar. He was also, uh, for those of you that may not know, he was also in Dead Ringers in 1988. And... Um, the grown-up version, uh, or the adult version of Nala was voiced by Morai Kelly. Um, she was on One Tree Hill. I apologize if I'm cutting up names. Um, uh, we call that Terrencing it, so you're, oh, you're fitting okay. right in with the podcast. Okay, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and Frank Welker, he did the Lion Roars, the Hyenas, Laughs, and the Wildebeest Voices. And he was um, also on Transformers Dark of the Moon in 2011. I think that's everybody. That's it. Is that the cast? That's the cast. All I right. think that's... Um, you going to start talking about some awards there, Eric? We can do the awards or we can do a brief synopsis. I don't know if anybody was assigned the uh, Yeah, synopsis. she's got the synopsis over there. Okay. Do you want so, to go ahead and read the synopsis or do you want me to... Uh, go ahead and do the awards and okay. you can kick it over here for the synopsis okay. then I'll take over with some of that. All righty. So, uh, there were... 
numerous awards for this movie. I mean, a lot. So I just stick to the the top echelon of awards. So we'll start uh, talking about this movie was produced by Don Hahn. And the music, this I thought this was notable. Uh, the music was by Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty famous name in mm-hmm. Disney, in the Disney world. So, this was nominated and won an Oscar for Best Original Song by Elton John and Tim Rice for Can You uh, Feel the Love Tonight? And it was a nominee. The, the, the song, uh, The Circle of Life, was also a nominee for an Oscar or a nominated for an Oscar. And then there was another nominated song, which is uh, Hakuna Matata. So two total of three songs nominated, one that won, and uh, that was Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Uh, the BAFTA Awards, it, was the, it won the BAFTA Interactive Award for the DVD of Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Uh, they won a BAFTA Award, and then it, that was in 2004. And then 1995, BAFTAs. Uh, Anthony Asquith Award for Film Music. So they were nominated, in uh, they for they were nominated for a BAFTA for Best Sound category uh, for the BAFTA Awards, and then they were nominated for a Saturn Award in 2004 for the Best DVD Classic Film Release. So uh, we're moving forward in time to, to DVDs. They were also an American Music Award winner in 1996 for the Top Soundtrack. So, yeah, it's loaded uh, musically. uh, It was loaded with winners and uh, nominations. Okay, let's uh, go back in time to 1995 to the Golden Globes USA. They were a winner for the best original score. Again, that's Hans Zimmer for the best original score. Um, They won for best original song for a motion picture. Again, that was uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight for Elton John and Tim Rice. They won a Golden Globe. And they were nominated for the Circle of Life uh, for a Golden Globe. And then uh, let me skip down to the Grammy Awards. Uh, in 1995, Elton John once again was a Grammy uh, winner for the song Can You Feel the Love Tonight. And then i got four pages. <laughs> uh, here's a more notable award, the Kids' Choice Award, 1995. They were a Blimp Award winner for the favorite movie. So kids loved the movie in that's, 1995. That's the year he graduated. That was. That's a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> and then uh, an MTV Award. They won an MTV Award. I remember, I'm old enough to remember the MTV mm-hmm. Movie Awards. And that uh, they were awarded uh, Best Villain for Jeremy Irons. For Scar, he won a Best uh, Villain Award, and then finally uh, they were enshrined at the National Film Preservation Board in 2016. Uh, they were a winner for the National Film Registry, and uh, so that movie is enshrined um, there as well. And I think that is the end of the awards section. Again, I tried to stick to the. We would be here all night. We would awards. Yeah, <laughs> we would be here till tomorrow night. So. Um, I'll hand off the synopsis to, to Becky again if she wants to read a, a quick synopsis of the movie. All right. Um, the, the movie Lion King follows the story of a lion cub named Simba. When Simba's jealous uncle, Scar, kills Simba's father, Mufasa, Simba becomes the rightful heir to the throne. However, Scar wants to become the king, so he tries to kill his young nephew, forcing Simba to flee for his life. Simba soon makes some new friends and grows up with them. 
When he gets older, Simba goes back to his home to challenge his uncle and take back his kingdom. Very, very well done. So something that we do during our podcast is we actually go through and we find some lesser-known trivia about the movie. Um, Eric has some stuff. I have some stuff. So we're going to go through some of this stuff. If you guys want to interject, there might be some cast members we come across like, hey, this person tried out for the voice of Scar. And we'll say, hey, do you think that would have been a good fit? Yes or no? Okay. So um, according to a 1995 article at Entertainment Weekly, Disney made more than $1 billion on Lion King merchandise alone in 1994. That's a lot of money. Wow. $1 billion. In 1994. With inflation, what was the $1 billion? Like, I'm not what that good it? in math. No, well, you had it in there where they made $1 billion, Or was that $1 billion? That's what That was box be. office oh. when you adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Oh. It was over a billion. $1.8 billion, I believe. Yeah. So that's, that's a whole... Staggering. That's a whole Disney parking lot or yeah. something. <laughs> Um, they actually sent out a, a hyena uh, or a hyena researcher for the movie, you know, because they want to be a thing. But a hyena researcher uh, actually sued Disney for defamation of character for its portrayal of the animals in the film. So, <laughs> so pretty petty. they're suing for the uh, you did the hyenas wrong. He probably won too. Just probably. That's just how the world is. I mean, why wouldn't you sue Disney? <laughs> well, wouldn't you try? Because. Their pockets go deeper than mine and yours and all of ours combined at this table. So you run out of money. They still got yeah. billions. It's a problem. Yeah, big problem. Um, this is the best-selling home video of all time with more than 55 million copies sold today. And that's just home video of all time. That's not including uh, digital. You okay, know. I got a question. How many times have you seen on Disney Plus? When you guys saw it for the first time. Did did anyone at the table? Well, you you're too young, Jenna. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she did laughed. Any- she actually had emotion. <laughs> did anybody see it at the movie theater when it came out in 1995? Did you did? No. I think you did. Okay, I saw it on VHS. I saw it on VHS too. Because I mean, back when we were 17, 18, we yeah. weren't thinking about the Lion King back then. Right. I was like, I don't think I ever saw it in a movie theater. But you know what? Can I just say that Disney? Had that streak of those four movies with oh, yeah. The Little Mermaid, yeah. uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Aladdin, and The Lion King. I don't think you could have any four better movies no. come out like that because no. The Little Mermaid's my favorite all time yeah. Disney. So, um, but I just think, wow, they hit it out of the park with those four. And now, who knows what they're doing? Some crazy stuff uh, from what I've seen on Disney Plus. <laughs> we, we won't talk. No, about that. no, they're, they're, there's a whole bunch of stuff we won't talk about. Uh, the animators were so impressed with Jeremy Irons' performance that they worked Irons' features into Scar's face. So when you see Scar's face, it's actually part of Jeremy Irons' face that they drew in there for him. So, oh, wow. um, there is a hidden Mickey. At uh, if you want to pull that up, Eric, at the forty-six minute mark, one of the bugs that Timon pulls out of a knothole during Hakuna Matata is wearing Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, when Mufasa tells Simba about the great kings of the past, if you look at the stars in the white shot, you can see a Mickey Mouse as well. Uh, well, Eric, so there, I'll keep going. Uh, did you find it? Uh, Eric has his iPad here, so we've got the movie pulled up, and he's trying to find it. So. Um, this is the uh, first Disney cartoon that was dubbed in Zulu for its African release. Okay. So uh, they're getting ready to sing Hakuna Matata, ain't they? How good was Timon and Pumbaa, though? Oh, yes. Yeah, they were they great. Were, yeah. They were great. I Are you aching for some bacon, you know? I mean, <laughs> and then the, when, when, when Pumbaa sings that song about my, my friend's downhearted every time that I, you know, oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. I think they were just perfect together. Yeah. Uh, originally, though, those two were cast, uh, were actually rehearsing for the hyenas. 
And really? they worked so good together that they decided that they would be better for them. So uh, I think they did very good with that. Yes, they must have made a good choice. Uh, and actually, uh, Matthew Broderick, who played Simba, and Nathan Lane Timon only saw each other once during production, and that was in a hall. They did their voice work separately. So they never even actually, they just kind of like, you know, voice actors go in and record several lines back to back to back and never even see each other, and then you just splice it all together. Uh, adult Simba's mane was supposedly inspired by none other than John Bon Jovi's hair. <laughs> uh, Steve, Steve jealous. I don't even think Steve has hair. <laughs> I shaved today just for you. Oh, okay. okay. Lies. It's been falling out since you were senior in high school. <laughs> um, several Disney animators went to Africa to study animal behavior and interaction in the wild. A grown lion and a cub were also brought into the animation studio as models for anatomy and muscularity. So, uh, Pumbaa, the warthog, was the first character in Disney films to fart. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody's aware, he holds that title. Uh, at around the 52-minute mark, there have been rumors that when, I'm sure we've all heard this, that when Simba collapses on the, the, the uh, top of the cliff with, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, after he talks to Simone and Pumbaa. That the dust flies off the cliff and it's oh, pollen yes. supposedly spells uh, S-E-X-X. But in all reality, they've actually confirmed that it's, the letters are supposed to say SFX for the sound effects studios. Um, then it was dedicated to the special uh, effects teams that worked on this movie. But the 2003 Platinum Edition of this releases, uh, uh, it omits the words from the, the no more controversy. So we're just going to take it out. <laughs> so... Um, Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella were originally cast as a heinous Banzi and Shinzi, played by Whoopi Goldberg and Cheech Mar uh, Martin in the film. Uh, the crew loved their performance, thought the duo would even be better as Timon and Pumbaa. Eric, do you want to throw in some special notes here? Or do you want me to keep going? Sure, I can throw in one. Throw in um, a couple. Just one that I found earlier today. Um, young Jonathan Taylor Thomas, obviously, well, I say young. He was young at the time, too. He plays young Simba, but the singing part, uh, for the song in the movie I Just Want to Be King was actually sung by a different person and his name was Jason Weaver I don't know I don't know much about him he's probably like a B-level actor but there was an, uh, it was a, a TV series on ABC back in the 90s in 92 it was called The Jacksons an American Dream he played a young Michael Jackson and did all the singing parts I don't know if anybody has seen him before but that's where I recognized him when I was watching actually doing a deep dive and YouTube and uh, but it actually was an interesting story that he gave an interview and he was talking about how um, Disney had offered him the job for the not only the speaking parts and the singing parts for um, for young Simba unbe like it was one particular like he met with some executives I guess and he went to the studio and he cut the song and they liked him so much that they offered him a job but the people that offered him the job didn't know that they had already signed a deal with Jonathan Taylor Thomas mm -hmm. so he ended up doing the speaking parts and he uh, of course um, this Jason Weaver guy well they probably did, did that for publicity part. too because uh, to, to, to sell more sell more tickets because I think it was uh, was the greatest showman that um, what's the what's the the uh, the young guy that uh, help me out Jenna uh, what's the the young guy that not Hugh Jackman but the young guy Zac that Efron. Zac Efron he wasn't originally cast they had somebody else and then they thought they would they they replaced him with Zac Efron to sell more tickets so it's Hollywood man yeah. 
I just noticed when I was watching, I was like, I don't think that's JTT singing that song. I was kind of, and then I was like, let me go down the rabbit hole. Don't lie, you were looking up the Jackson Five. Yeah, and I, I, came, I came and you know I went to YouTube, and YouTube told me more than I needed to know. But that was pretty interesting. I thought that they closed a deal with somebody, and then you know, oh, sorry, we can't offer that to you. We've already. I wonder if he still got paid though. Yeah, he said he like the what's his name again, Jason, Jason. Weaver guy. Uh, he said he still gets like residuals oh, and well. royalty checks for the song. For the song, because yeah, it probably so, gets oh, yeah. Yeah, so he did all right. Um, Frank Welker, I got one other trivia. Frank Welker provided all the lion roars. I don't. Did you say that already? I don't I think know. you did. Not she a single. Rec- I'm sorry, Becky. I'm stepping Thanks. on you. Uh, no, not maybe. a single recording of an actual lion roaring was used because the producers wanted specific sounding roars for each all right, lion. Trivia question. Okay. What other cartoon voice did Frank Welker do? Uh, Tasmanian Devil. No. <sighs> Steve, do you know? Scooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo. Good job. Ruh Row Raggy. Right. <laughs> Want me to keep going? You keep going. To yeah, you can do a couple okay. more, man. Um, I got some let me let me <laughs> let me find some highlighted ones. Okay. Um the Wildebeest Stampede took Disney's CG department approximately three years to animate. A new computer program had to be written for the CG Wildebeest Stampede that allowed hundreds of computer-generated animals to run, but without colliding into one another. So that was high-tech stuff back So three years for how long for that scene? I don't know how long. Three minutes? Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was some pretty uh, high-tech stuff back then. Um, Nearly 20 minutes uh, of the film were animated at the Disney MGM Studios. Ultimately, more than 600 artists... Animators and technicians contributed to the Lion King's to the Lion King over its lengthy production schedule. More than one million drawings were created for the film, including uh, 1,197 hand-printed backgrounds and 119,000 individually colored frames of film. And if I'm correct, I think it was one of the last, if not the last, animated movie that was actually had hand drawings mm. in it. It all went to like. More computerized stuff after that. CGI and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything else? Oh, yeah, I got plenty. Go. Uh, <laughs> this film held the record for being the highest grossing animated film of all time until it was surpassed by Toy Story 3 in 2010, and then that was surpassed by Frozen in 2013. In 2013, both Disney films, uh, however, the film remains the highest grossing 2D animated film of all time. It's impressive. Very impressive. Many fans have described Mufasa's death as one of the saddest and most traumatizing moments of any Disney film in the canon. In fact, the only moment that is considered to be uh, on par with that or the same was the death of Bambi's mother in 1942. Have we all seen Bambi? Yes. Okay. No spoilers. Spoiler alert for anybody listening. According to the makers, the scene was originally even more heartbreaking and intense, but uh, when a test audience consisting of children saw a preview, they started to sob and cry uncontrollably, so it was, they decided to tone the scene down a bit. All right, confession, very confession time. There's only, there's only a few movies I've ever cried in. Okay, <laughs> Shenandoah with Jimmy Stewart, uh, Last Dance with Sharon Stone, where she's the first woman executed in, in uh, Texas, I think, in Georgia, Texas, I think. And this, I was a young lad. I was in my room living at home, and I had never seen it, so I sat down in front of my TV in my room, and I'm telling you, man, I cried. Because especially when when, 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 when Simba comes up to him, you know, and he's like, come on, Dad, we got to go home, and he kind of right. rubs up against him, man, I just lost it. You know what I mean? I mean, right. I'm not afraid to admit when I cry, Eric. 
You're a real man. A real man. <laughs> yeah. A real like man that. of genius. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a very, very sad moment. Um, two major actors of the Disney ABC TV show, Home Improvement, from 1991, appeared in two different films for Walt Disney Pictures, which were both released in 1994. JTT, or Jonathan Taylor Thomas, as we alluded to earlier, in The Lion King in 1994. Can you name the other person without... Looking at my notes. To do what? Who was on Home Improvement and in a Disney film in the same year, 1995. Oh, Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. That's correct. Yeah. Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. So. I was thinking the jungle or jungle to jungle or whatever. I don't remember when that came out, though. Got anything else on your side? Oh, do you still see the stack I'm, of papers I'm, in front of me? You, you running out of steam I'm over there? I'm kicking it back to you. All I'm right. Out. Back to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gregory Peck. Do we know who Gregory Peck is? Yes. What film was he in? We recently covered it on the podcast. Steve. He's not the one that plays on 18, is he? No. A love affair? No, that was Cary Grant. Cary Grant. I get those two. Oh, that's a fair to remember. Sorry. Yeah. No, he was I get in um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah. The famous, yeah. Uh, of course he. Uh, he, he said that uh, this was his favorite animated film. Not only that, but he also ranked in the top five of his all-time favorite movies. And that's coming from Greg Pei. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's some people that uh, were considered for the role of Scar. Steve, I want you to answer these. The, do you think Malcolm McDowell could have pulled it off? Nah, I... No. Tim Curry. No. Possibly. 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 Yeah. Yeah, he, he's done some, some good roles in the past, <laughs> in the evil side. If so. was, maybe if he was a Transylvanian transvestite, <laughs> lion, whatever that is, from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, okay, now we'll get some more. I got some more of those here later. Sure. Have you ever heard of the Kimba the White Lion? This, uh, a lot of people think that this movie was ripped straight from Kim of the Lion. It was, it was stole from them, basically, because um, Te- Tezuka Productions TV series Kim of the White Lion in 1965, first shown in the 1960s, uh, repeated that, hey, they plagiarized this. D- Disney maintains that it's all similar, but it's almost the exact same story. So if you need to really? look at it and watch it, because wow. it, it's it like a the, TV show in the 60s? It was a TV series, series? So, uh, but it's, it's basically the same thing. Okay. You know, uh, check it out. Kimba the White Lion. It might be on YouTube for free. I don't know. Um, let's see here. <laughs> you know, Pumbaa, when he farts, they call it flatulence, <laughs> but I'm going to say fart. Uh, when, he, when he farts, it's actually Ernie Isabella zerberating uh, on his hand. Steve, you know what that means? Remember when you take the meaty palm of your hand and you put it up to your mouth and you... <laughs> <laughs> that is what that is. Uh, he, he jokingly said that he is the proud to be the first Disney character to ever express flatulence. So, way to go, Ernie. I don't think you've been in anything else since then. I remember him as the... Uh... Uh, on Seinfeld, he was the naked guy on the train in the oh. Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, here we go, Steve. Back to you. For the role of Mufasa, Timothy Dalton. You know what? After, I don't think so because anything that you put next to James Earl, James Jones. Earl Jones is going to turn to gold. Well, Liam Neeson. See? You can't say that now, can you? Because he has that voice that yeah, you can he's, see him he's, do he's it. Got, he's got that voice, the serious voice. But Because he did voice the line in Aslan and the yeah. uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and his sequels. And uh, D- Dalton actually had a role in Disney's Toy Story 3, but they they both later turned turned him down. So 
the scriptwriters actually envisioned Sean Connery as Mufasa. The no. voice, though. I think the voice. It's just the voice. I think he could have done it. But who am I? They both say no. They win. They're the guest. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scar's death is perhaps one of the most graphic Disney deaths ever. Uh, actually, I'd say, uh, what's his name, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast 2. Because yeah. if you look, when yeah. he falls, he's got the, the skull in his eye. Um, even with the flames obscuring the screen as the hyenas tear him apart with them burning alive as well. That was pretty crazy. So, yeah. Um, some of the vocalizations for Mufasa were actually recycled from that of Beauty and the Beast from 1991. Man, I could have talked about a lot of stuff. I didn't highlight it all, though. Um, production was actually affected by the 1994 Northridge earthquake, which shut off the studio and required the animators to finish their work from home. It's like COVID back in... I was going to say 94. <laughs> yeah. Um, 94. I just had one other small snippet. Uh, this is a little interesting tidbit. Unlike the other lions, Scar's claws are always displayed throughout the movie. Yep. It's always out. Thing. Um, Actually, have you ever seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Yes. Mm-hmm. Pumbaa actually appears as a gargoyle in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. See, Jenna knows. Jenna's seen it. <laughs> Jenna, you almost said something. I was almost <laughs> impressed. Um... James Earl Jones, who played King Mufasa, and Madge Sinclair, who played Queen Sarabi, also played the African King and Queen in Coming to America in 1988. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Here's for some more for the role of Scar. You ready? Ray Liotta. Uh, no. No. Robert Duvall. No. James Caan. Got a good voice, but I don't think he could... But see, it's, it's something like... Like, if you say, okay, who could play Luke Skywalker or Han Solo, you know how iconic they are already. And trying to put somebody else up there, you just right. can't do it. Right. Just because. But if you never knew any better, you wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Um, this was actually, the movie Lion King was actually dedicated to Frank Wells. He was the Disney president who had been killed in a helicopter crash three months before its release. So... Um, Tim Curry was originally set to voice Scar, but he quit to make Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. <laughs> is he the butler? Yeah. No, he was not the butler. He was the, like at the uh, he was the bellman or what or the, uh-huh. the, uh, the guy at the hotel. Um, in 2016, this film was selected for the Preservation Board of uh, National Film Registry for the Library of Con- Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Uh, this actually started development uh, for this project in 1988. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, uh, this is my last page. This is my last, my last one. If you have anything else, there. Uh, this is the actually the first animated feature to have an audio commentary on its DVD release. So, do you have anything else over there, Eric? Before I we do not. All right. So, I'm going to start with Becky. Becky, yeah. give us your thoughts on The Lion King. Uh, do you think it's a good movie? Do you think people should see it if they haven't seen it? Um, where would you rank it as far as your favorite Disney movies? Um, I would probably rank it as maybe my third favorite Disney movie. I'm a Mary Poppins kind of girl, mm. so. Um, but I had a crush on her too, man. I, ain't gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> uh, I love her. And um, and for I would say yes as far as seeing it, especially if you have young boys because they. I don't know if they just relate more to it. It's because we fart all the time. That's true. I mean, there is, like, there's those little tidbits that they have in there. But adults would love it, too. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
Yes, it's by Disney, but it's based by the for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Everybody would like it. There's really? scenes with there's love stories. Exactly. There's coming there's together. There's comedy, there's action, there's yeah. um just a little bit of everything all bold bold into one. Mm-hmm. And Connor really like for whatever reason he was drawn to right. it. And he watched we watched The Lion King, Lion King One and a Half, Lion King Two, <laughs> Lion Guard, um, over and over again. And we've uh, we also have seen um, Lion King on Broadway when it was okay. here in Indy, mm. um, which it was phenomenal. If you get an opportunity to see that, I recommend that as yeah. well. So, did he have a second favorite movie, um, or was just just like? All you watched. He, as far as Disney? No, no. Did he like Star Wars, I think? Oh, yes. Oh, that, that, was, that was the other Oh, other I wonder thing. when you walked in the room, you're like, oh. Because <laughs> his, it was Disney, Star Wars. Well, Disney now, now has Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> like, I know you're a Star Wars nerd. You just, thank you, you know. Steve. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, and you'd be able to have a perfect conversation with him because... He would be able to tell you, looking at a gun, well, that's such and such gun, you know, that from where, that vehicle. Such such, yeah. he, he, you know, with the autism part of it, you know, once they get fixated, they like something, mm-hmm. they researched it down mm-hmm. to the bottom. So he knew Star Wars everything. Oh, yeah. in and out. And see, and I'm going to say something right here. I wish I would have got to meet Connor. Um, I mean, I could tell he has great parents because I've known Steve for a long time, and Becky, you're okay too. But uh, oh, thank you, no. Thank you. But um, <laughs> I'm going to put this out there as a public service announcement right now. Um, if you're fighting with your family, go ahead and settle that um, because you never know. Um, life's too short. Okay, um, it doesn't matter what's going on. You know what I mean. Make sure you're there for your family. Yeah. Don't wait till a tragedy occurs to make up over it. Well said. Steve, what do you think about The Lion King? Liked it. Watched what? it too many times. <laughs> um, if you watch it, you know, you've got the one, then it came out with two. You've got to watch one and a half. One and a half. One and a half, you know, because, you know, as much as I love the original... I'm a one and a half person <laughs> because what it's be, based on Timon because and it's, ba- Timon and it's basically Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa watching it given their commentary. So if um, you like the old mystery science theater, oh, I love it. <laughs> it's it's basically them watching the Lion King movie, and like hold, hold, hold on, that's not how it happened, <laughs> and them putting in their perspective. I remember the trailer for that yeah. where they go, ah, oh, and they're like, no, 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 take that back. Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you if you hadn't seen that, I recommend watching that too along with it. Because it shows it from the same story, but from like two different perspectives. Right. You know, so some of the things that might have been left a question in the first one, they kind of come through and seal right. it up in that one. Jenna, do you want to say anything? What do you think of the movie? Oh, we get a, a shoulder. Okay. <gasps> wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Let me get this microphone to Jenna. What'd you say? It was okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have record-breaking news. Jenna actually said something. So Jenna said it was okay. Do you have a favorite Disney movie? Mulan. Ooh. Yeah, she's a, a Mulan a person. A Mulaner, huh? Yeah. What would you think of the live-action one? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you guys about it, the yeah, 2019 release. The live action one? We did. We've seen the live he, action. He was, he was excited for that. Yeah. He's the biggest critique person. Yes. He was good with it until they threw in Beyonce's extra song. <laughs> and, I didn't like that. And yeah, over. you know, when, like, when yeah, you no. kind of break away from original and try to redo too much. I'm with him. You know. I agree. He loved the action part. He thought they looked really, you know, really Real? good. Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, but it's like, hey, what'd you think about the uh, Beyonce? <laughs> Eh. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what she. I'm surprised he didn't put it on his computer and then like edit it out the parts he didn't like. You know what I mean? No. no. But, but we did. We did watch it when it when it came out, and he was all all excited about it. You know, he got yeah. his pop figures and yeah for it. Yeah. Then we went and he got that autograph. Yeah, we actually went to a uh, a horror convention and and those who didn't know in the TV. Lion Guard, the mm-hmm. TV show. The voice of uh, Rafiki is the guy that plays Ezekiel on Walking Dead. Oh, really? So we went for Jenna to meet somebody from uh, Stranger Things. Who was it? David uh, Bravo. I got her to talk twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but while we were there, Connor had seen that um, the guy that played Ezekiel was going to be there. Well, he had a, a Rafiki. And took it and had it signed, and he had told uh, Connor that that was the first time that anybody has ever asked him to sign something Lion King. Really? And that not many people knew that he was the voice of. That shows how much of a Fanny Lion was. King nerd that he was. Mm, nerd. Well, I'm say, even his his fan fiction stuff, his screen name was, was Lion Nerd. Right. <laughs> you know, so that I see that. I was much. like, I don't know if this is real or yeah, not. That's actually that really that was was his time. screen name. Yep. That's cool, Eric. Um, I'm going to say it's probably top five. I would definitely say, again, I'm kind of with Becky. I wouldn't say it's my number one. What's your number one? My number one probably would be like Snow White because I think it's the first one I ever saw as a kid. Probably, you know, something like that. One of the old school. I'm trying to think. You know, before I was thinking, because I didn't have VHS. You know, when when I was a kid... We didn't have VHS, so I actually had those little... Did you guys remember those little storybooks that had records with them? Yes. And, and I would follow along books. the stories, <laughs> with, turn the page when you hear the, yeah. the music. So that, the that was my first uh, introduction to Disney, I think, was uh, those records. So, But Snow White, probably. But yeah, it's definitely my top five. My my favorite movie of Disney is probably The Fox and the Hound. I cried in it too, of course. <laughs> um, but there was just I remember going to the movies to see that, and there's just man, it just tore you apart, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, out of the four that they came, at, I don't think you can really you can put them in any order, and it still works. One through four: uh, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast. Hard to beat that one. You can interchange any of those in the in the top four, and it still works. Um, it's a very good movie. Um, what was uh, different about this one is there were no humans in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Aladdin, there was humans. Uh, Little Mermaid, there was humans. There was also mermaids. But uh, <laughs> what was the other one I said? Uh, Beauty and the Beast, there was humans. So this is the only. This is the one that comes to my mind where there is no humans interacting with the mm-hmm. animals. So um, definitely go see that, um, Steve. Yep. Do you want to go ahead and go over all your social media? Make sure you spell it right or spell it out for him, Connor's name yep. and all that, .com, whatever it is. 
uh, and ask, tell them how they can get on your Facebook page. Yep. Um, we are obviously going to post all this on my page. I'm going to make Stephen Administrator on the Tragedy of Cinema podcast page on Facebook so he can post whatever he wants on there. And uh, also, before we get too further, you guys are getting ready to do a walk, run, walk 5K? It's, it's a 5K, a, 10K? It's an epilepsy walk through the Epilepsy Foundation. Uh, it is April 23rd. Okay. And you can go on to the, if you just want to donate to epilepsy altogether, it's epilepsy.com. Uh, each state has their own. So if you live in a particular state or country, you, it'll go to that it, state. It, it'll go to that, that particular state, or you can option over to that state. Um, so can, but, but I mean, so if they go onto there, is there a certain thing that where they can donate actually in Connor's name? Yep. If, if you go to that, you're going to search for the, uh, Indiana walk okay. and our team name is Connor's pride. C O N N O R apostrophe S pride, like a, a lion's pride. Lion's pride. Excellent. All right. Uh, do you want to give the other website, Facebook, and all that? Yep. Um, on Facebook and any of the social medias, you're basically going to do a search for Connor Emery Epilepsy Foundation. That's C-O-N-N-O-R-E-M-E-R-Y Epilepsy, E-P-I-L-E-P-S-Y Foundation. Is that dot .org? Yeah. If you okay. go for the web, our website for the foundation is the same thing with dot .org. Okay. But on social media, if you just type in Connor Emery Epilepsy Foundation. It takes you right to our thing. We kind of made it easy and had the same name on each thing. On everything. So Instagram, Twitter, yep. all that. Yep. It's, all, okay. it's all Connor. Um, and something I want to throw out there, too. If somebody listening has gone through what Steve, Becky, let me say it, Steve, Becky, and Jenna, um, and if you want somebody to talk to, I'm sure they would be more than happy to, I'm sure all their information's on one of those sites. Um, I'm sure Steve or Becky would be more than happy to either call you or if you want to message with them um, just because they need um, they need to talk about it too. Um, we, for the longest time, I asked Eric, uh, man, how long has it been? I said, hey, do you think Steve would like to come on and share about his thing? I said, I don't, I don't want to pressure him to come on, but, and that's when I sent Steve a message. I say, if you ever want to talk about it or you just want to go out and eat, you want to cry on my shoulder, you want to see a movie, whatever you want to do, I'm here for you. You know what I mean? And it's nice to know that people still think about you and anything you need, you can reach out. And I'm one of those persons, Eric's one of those persons, and a lot of our listeners are some of those people. So uh, I'm going to tell you, Steve, Becky, even you, Jenna, even though you probably won't talk to me. Um, <laughs> if you guys ever feel like you need to talk out or if you just need to break away from Becky or Becky, if you need to break away from Steve, uh, and you just want to go to shopping or something, um, Jenna and Eric and me will go putt-putt or something if you guys want to go on a date or something, you know what I mean? Um, because it's good to still be able to talk and still get your emotions out. Um, the the one thing that we've learned through this whole thing is a lot of people expect us once a per, our child's passed away to kind of move on. Mm-hmm. It, we all move at our different paces. Mm-hmm. Never going to change. But the one thing, if you want to help people move on, is ask us questions about our child. Mm-hmm. We, we like talking about him. You know, because we talk about them, that means you're thinking about them, mm-hmm. we're thinking about them. You know, he's always there. So even if you've lost a, a kid or a family, you know, don't feel awkward, you know, asking questions, you know, because we like talking about Connor. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as it might hurt talking about it, there's tons of good. There's more mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. that outweighs a bad scenario. So, it might bother us, you know, get a little tearful at first, but just like sitting here, 
we laugh, mm-hmm. you know, feeling good and everything. So it, just talking about your lost one helps. Right. And I thought it was really uh, that thing you put on social media earlier. I don't know if it was on the, the uh, epilepsy side of yours. It said... Um, how did you? Uh, how were you able to handle it, or, or something? And oh, you said, yeah, the, the what, what was thing. It? Yeah, what did it say? Um, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was so good. I was at work, and I was like, "Oh man, that's I can't do this right now." <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, well, it, it's like, how are you able to move on? And, and basically, you can't. You don't. Yeah, you can't move on. Um, we choice. don't have a choice. You know, our grief is still there. We just grow around the grief instead of letting the grief, t- you know, take over everything. So it's okay. still going to be there. All right. In closing, hopefully, well, we, we, talk all, we can talk all night. It don't bother me. Um, I'm going to give you each, Jenna, you're involved in this too. If you could give me a one word to describe Connor and then say why you chose that word for Connor, just so this his memory can live on. Uh, this is going to be out forever. So if you guys ever feel down and you want to go back and listen and have a good time, or if people can reach out to you, Steve, I'll start with you. If you had one word to describe your son, what would it be? And then tell us why you chose that word. A name. Um, Simba. Um, Besides the fact of Lion King, you know, he was a very good kid Mm -hmm. who turned into a very good adult. Um, that's one of the reasons why I also have it tattooed on my arm, mm. a baby Simba and an adult Simba. Um, that's pretty much to describe them and how we always, you know, always will describe them as, or at least I will as my Simba. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky? Mm-hmm. Can you give me a minute? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Jenna? Special because he was special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, Steve, you want you want to talk somewhere while you? Well, I I think what she'll say is there's two different things. It could either be sweet pea. No, that's what she said. Yes, because ever since he was born, that's been his nickname. No matter twenty years old, it was always sweet pea. Now, was that named after Popeye? Was it, was no, it, no. I just her, happened to, to do it. Uh, just everybody's got a nickname. She's, she's got, got sweet she's pea. Poo. That's poo. <laughs> what are you? I call her pork chop. <laughs> we like, this is a family friendly podcast. Is she allowed to say your yeah, name? Yeah, it depends on the day. <laughs> right. It's either Stephen or Ed. Um, but yeah, it would it would either be uh, sweet pea or sunshine because she, when. We were having health problems and in and out of the hospital that first year that he was born. She always saying, you are my sunshine. Mm. And so that's where I can see it would have been one of, one those, of those two. two. Matter of fact, this has it. Oh, your necklace? Yeah, on the inside of it says, you are my sunshine. Oh, that Maybe. is really awesome. And it's got his ashes in it, too. Okay. Oh. And Jenna's got hers. Is that a bullet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Because they play Call of Duty together. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to say, Jenna? Uh, see? I got you to talk again. She go for it again. Uh, Becky, anything else you would like anybody to know anything about Connor or your foundations or Steve, if you want to throw anything nice about him? Well. Yeah, yeah, we'll skip that. I, I don't think That's I... That's another podcast. I don't think much information about me needs to be out there. Today. <laughs> it's already out there, Steve. I got yearbooks. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, I do want to... Pre- 
tell you guys thank you for letting us. Oh, no oh anytime. More than well, welcome. We're glad Any, to do it. For anytime sure. you want to come on, open mic. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't say you, Steve. I said, oh, okay. You okay. I was going to say, I don't know if you uh, want me with an open mic. Yeah, it's just, it's just something that. Uh, we felt his story needs to be heard, and not just by us, like few family members and friends, Facebook friends, um, but the whole world. Because this podcast goes all the way around the world, and so now Connor will be going all the way around the world. So I think that's really cool. Yep. Um, if Steve, we can just save one person. Right. Save if, or prolong it. Right. Because there is no actual... Cure? Cure for it right now. Mm. Um, now, is there any type of medicine that can... Is there different types of medicine that... So there's there's medicines that can help help with seizures, but there's nothing that can stop mm. SUDEP. Besides the things that we kind of talked about at dinner where they're starting to test for certain biomarkers in DNA and certain things that might right. be able to pinpoint who is more susceptible to SUDEP. You know, that's stuff that they're working on. Mm -hmm. But as people start noticing that there is a real need to research it and get the information out there, slowly they're starting to come up with new technology and new devices that can that can help it. Connor had lots of different things. He was on the autism spectrum, the epilepsy. But if we knew that SUDEP... Sorry, was an option or that that would have happened. I think the three of us would have been more prepared. Mm-hmm. And it is tragic, and we live with it every day, every second. But the three of us would have probably been like, okay, we know this is a possibility, a possibility. and we could have been maybe more prepared or more aware. Mm-hmm. And tried to prolong it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to find out that there's not a lot of SUDEP research here in the States. It's mm-hmm. all overseas. Overseas. Mm. So. But you said he hadn't had a seizure. In, was over it over a year? Over a yeah. year. Yeah. So people need to know that it can happen anytime, even when it's least expected. Right. And if it's controlled. Right. Even. Right. Eric? Oh, I just really appreciate you guys coming in right. and being so forthright and open with your story. Um, it reminds me of a, a story from some friends of mine that I go to church with, and um, it was a different circumstances. They're, they're, they had a son who was born premature, and uh, they were in Riley as well, and um, he actually passed away when he was four months old, so I, it just brings me full circle, so it doesn't matter if your child passes when you're when they're four months old or 20 years old 19 years old um you know it's it's just really sad and i i I just appreciate you guys being so open with your story and and appreciate you guys coming in because i know that isn't an easy thing and i i i I understand that you know you guys you know you want to talk about it because of you know it brings back just as steve explained earlier but back to my friends that as people who are, you know, we, a lot like me and Jimbo, we, we, like when he was sending you the message, we don't know what what is too much or, you know, right, yeah, you know everybody kinda... grieves in their own pace and everything like you mentioned earlier. But uh, just thinking of them uh, and your story and just the, the, the parallels and uh, the, the hole that that leaves 
and uh, it reminded me because they were very open with telling their story as well. And I just and uh, you know uh, actually she the, the the I won't give their names, but um, the the woman or the wife um, of my friends she actually journaled through that whole process and had a hardbound made book of all the journal entries because they were basically living in the Ronald McDonald house for like months uh, yeah. and uh, they were sharing some of their uh, circumstances and stuff and with a, and with a, a group of people uh, and it, it was really touching and, and so I just I really commend you guys and appreciate you guys coming in and talking to us and I'm glad we could uh, you know commemorate him mm-hmm. and uh, with this podcast recording right. well not just your friends but like I was telling Steve I don't know if your wife heard Steve but uh, my niece, um, my uh, sister, had a little girl named McKenna, and uh, she only lived seven hours. Um, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, we had a miscarriage. Me and my wife had a miscarriage, too. It doesn't matter if they're still in the womb, seven hours, four yeah. months, 19 years. It's it still, still hurts all the way around. Yeah. Um, like, mine, I didn't even get to see them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean I loved them any less. Mm. So, and it still hurt. And it took me time to get over that, too. Um, but, yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming in. Steve, it's been 25 years. Um, even though you may be Facebook stalking me, uh, don't be a stranger. You know what I mean? Um, there are certain people, you know, on Facebook that you may have went to school with that you don't even keep in touch with. But you just have them on there just because they were your schoolmates. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but I honestly mean it. If you need anything or if you want to go see a baseball game or football game, hit me up. Uh, me, you, and Eric will go out. Uh, if you want to go to Comic Con next week, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just I'm just saying. Well, I think Steve. I was going to say, you know, Connor's favorite voice actor is going to be there. Which one? Tara Strong. Maybe I can uh, maybe I can get another so, guy for I mean, something for you. We we actually bought. Uh, sounds kind of weird, but his favorite role that she voiced was stuff with My Little Pony. He right. Was, he was a brony. So we went out and bought. Connor's very first uh, My Little Pony DVD that took him into that. Into and, My Little Pony. And it was uh, an episode of, that had a bunch of Tara Strong in it. So we're having that get Are signed. you going? No, uh, our uh, her Becky sister is going because oh, okay. they're a big con she's, person. She's like eight and a half months pregnant. And she says, I'm still going. <laughs> Water's gonna break in line. No, not yet. She goes, I'm going for Connor. So, and then she also voiced Bubbles, didn't she? Yep. Bubbles, Raven. She said two words. uh, Did you see that? Bubbles, Raven, and I think that was three. Um, (laughs) We are having a live show. I think it's July 16th, June or July 16th. I gotta double check. It'll be on our Facebook page. Uh, but I have asked uh, Steve and Becky and Jenna, if she wants, uh, to come and uh, set up. Uh, I'm going to have a table there where they can put uh, flyers, uh, buttons, stickers, uh, shirt, whatever they want. Uh, and I'm sure I'll, they'll take donations too. And anything that they get will go straight to Connor's Foundation where um, they can help get more stuff out to more people. Uh, yep. So hopefully you guys can make it. I'll, I'll get with you and get everything uh, set up for there. So, Jenna, are you ready for your grand finale? Are you ready? Oh, wait. What? We we have a certificate for you guys, and we have it at home. We should have brought it, but it's... It's a certificate of appreciation for being one of our supporters for the foundation. Oh, no problem, man. That is awesome. It's framed, and you guys can it up. It'll be in the studio, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, You can see my walls. I got a lot of cool stuff. I'd be happy to hang Connor. (laughs) 
Connor up there with it. Thank you. Uh, Jenna, you ready for your big thing? Are you ready? Don't smash your fingers. You All right. to say it loud. Yeah, you might want to come over here because we're going to get you over. <laughs> yeah, you got to get over. It's part of the show. Oh, she's coming over to the microphone. All right. Okay. So, Jenna, this is where I go. And I think this episode's coming to a close. Oh, yeah. And that's a wrap. Uh, and cut. cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>